May I have your attention, please? We are controlling transmission. There is nothing wrong. The horror crime. Whether it's a ghost, a spirit, or an entity, they all feed on it. That's the whispering, the footsteps, the feeling of another presence. You won't have a chance to change your minds later, because there'll be no way to get out. I'm Chris Gregg of 88mm Films, writer and director of a brand new action horror feature film, Red Night at Skies. It's a story of a robbery gone wrong that turns into a blood-soaked nightmare. I'm Chris Mackey, producer on Red Night at Skies. And here's the best part. It's already in the can. That's right, we're 100% wrapped, shot, and we're already in post-production. I'm Brock Roberts, actor and producer of Red Night at Skies. And yeah, on top of being in post, this film has a ton of blood, lots of action, and practical effects. Our cinematographer is Eric Stanzi of Wicked Pixel Cinema, and our editor is Jeff Wedding of Gypsy Root Films. Both of these guys have a deep love of horror and decades of experience working in the genre. As a company, we've been at this for quite a while, producing a wide variety of films. War, comedy, horror, we've done it all. So you might be wondering why we're here then. Well, the answer is simple. We're looking for finishing funds so we can push this film to the next level. We're looking to put the cherry on top and really make this film shine with the purchase of copyrighted music and enhanced special effects. This film is going to kick some serious ass, and it's going to get finished either way. But this campaign is going to allow us to get it done quicker to make the best possible movie we can. So that's pretty much it. We're in post-production on a killer film with buckets of blood, buckets of bullets, and a badass cast. What more could you ask for? What's up, horror fam? You know what time it is. Let's, Let's get, get into, into this. this. All right, what's up, horror fam? We got a cool thing going on tonight. Uh, we've got uh, Chris Grega, Chris Mackey, and Brock Roberts from 88 Millimeter Films in the house with us tonight. And they're going to talk about uh, some of their movies. They've got a new movie that they're in post-production with right now. And uh, they're going to give us a lowdown on what they've got going on. So let's get them in here and uh, find out what it's all about. What's up, guys? How you guys doing tonight? Hey, hey what's up, fellas? What's going, up? Man? All right, so go around and introduce yourself so our uh, people know who you are. Uh, I'm Chris Grega, writer, director, founder of 88mm Productions slash 88mm Films. Nice. Yes, yeah, and I'm Brock Roberts. I'm an actor and producer and partner with uh, Chris Grega and Chris Mackey at 88mm Films. And I'm Chris Mackey. I'm a, a partner with uh, 88mm Films, uh, actor and producer of uh, Red Knighted Skies, which is uh, what uh, is our, our current uh, feature film that's in post. Nice, awesome. nice. Awesome. Well, good, man. We are so glad to have you guys here tonight. Uh, we're going to talk about all kinds of stuff, but big thing is we're going to talk about your movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, yeah. you know, we like to, uh, you know, um, we'll get into the movie and everything, but we also like to let our people know a little bit about you, um, you know, um, what got you into the filming and the acting and the producing kind of thing. And I know you guys do uh, – a plethora of different types of films like comedies and actions and stuff like that um but you also do horror and you guys like horror so that's what we're all about and um so what kind of got you into um 
the horror genre, so to speak, on. And guys, who, whichever uh, one you guys making first. films. Yeah, I'm making films with it. <laughs> uh, which which one do you want to hear first? Either uh, one just of any of them. Just around. any of them. Yeah, well, I got you into film, Chris. Oh, it's a great story. So, uh, so I went to high school with a couple of guys. You might know this one guy, Eric Stanzi of Wicked Pixel Cinema. Okay. Yeah. Name sounds He's familiar. Local uh, St. Louis, uh, legendary local St. Louis horror filmmaker. Although we never talked in high school at all, but we had a mutual friend, Tom Biondo, that uh, he was also a aspiring filmmaker, and uh, he was, uh, I'd say, he was one of my best friends, if not my best friend. And he used to make movies with Eric, and Tom and I used to make movies. We'd do like uh, like Star Wars movies and Indiana Jones, nice, and uh, stuff like that with uh, live action action figures and everything. And oh, yeah. I still have some of those, by the way. Uh, they're terrible, but they're also awesome. And those movies are coming out next week. <laughs> they are. They're our biggest sellers. So, uh, so Tom used to always try to get me involved working with Eric because Eric was a, a real filmmaker, a serious filmmaker, and Eric is very serious. But I always, uh, I always told him, ah, you know, that sounds like a lot of work, a lot of time. A lot of money. I just kind of want to have fun, not do it for, for not do it for real. So, uh, I guess this was back in 1996. That tells you any idea how old I am. I was uh, I was three. No, 1996. <laughs> I was ten. <laughs> Damn, you old, I will tell you how old I was. Maggie was 40 with a mortgage. <laughs> so in in 96, uh, Tom directed me in this film that, that starred me and Eric, and it was a, kind of a, a horror psychological film called Survive. And Eric was this ghost, and I was like this veteran guy. And it was a you know, pretty fun experience. And he's like, hey, you got the bug? Do you want to start doing it for real? I was like, no. <laughs> it was cold. It was long. It was cool, but no. Screw that. So then... Uh, a couple years later, he was working on this uh, documentary. He was working as a, a camp counselor up in Wisconsin, and he was making a documentary about the whole experience. That's Tommy, right? That was Tommy, yeah. And uh, so one day they're out shooting, and he was, uh, he was filming, and he was on a trailer being pulled by a truck. The truck stops. He goes to jump off, and when he jumped off, he tripped. And since he was holding the camera, he cradled the camera. Well, anyway, he fell and he hit his head on the curb, and then uh, he was brain dead. Oh, my God. So he passed. Two days later, he passed away. Uh, this was 1999. He was 26. I was 27 years old. And when that happened, that is the moment I decided to become a filmmaker for real. Uh, within a month, I started making my first short film, and, and when I started doing that, the only thing I knew about actual filmmaking was action meant go, cut meant stop, and you had to keep track of the number of tapes uh, takes for the editor. That's it. He's learned, he's learned one or two things since then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a couple. And, and basically, I haven't stopped since. Nice. So that's yeah, all I got. Nice. So kind of doing it you know, for yourself, but also kind of to An homage, homage to, to him and honor yeah. him. That's exactly. Cool, man. 
See, that's all, and that's what we like. See, so the reason why I ask Damn, people, Chris, that's a shitty story, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got some other ones, too. The reason, stick around. The reason why I ask people this stuff when we interview them and things, because I want our listeners and our followers and um, people to know that you're passionate about what you do. And, you know, because when you're passionate about something, you're going to put your all into it, and it's going to be real. You know, that's like our podcast. You know, we love what we do to the fullest. We don't, you know, we don't edit ourselves at all. Like, we we love what we do, and people see that. And all of our followers and our, you know, horror fam, we call them, all of our horror fam, they're all organic. We know, we have never spent any money to buy followers. We don't, we, hell, we hardly ever pr- pr- <laughs> we promote were just ourselves. Talking, to, talking tonight, we hardly ever promote ourselves. But we get know? out there. But people, we've got a decent following. People so. come on our podcast and they love it, you know, and they're like, man, you guys are awesome. We're going to have you back and we want to come back on. And it's just so, and that's what pe- I want our followers to know that you guys are passionate about what you do. So they know that you're putting your all into it and people are going to appreciate that a lot more, I think. Yeah. So, Absolutely. but you know, it's funny you say about passion because that's what brought me on to 88 millimeter films is the passion is what Chris and, and the team prior to uh, bringing Brock on board um, and what they've done is really influenced me. What's, what's the tagline of our, the hardest work in what? Uh, the working class independence since 1999. Yeah. The working class independence. So you have to have passion in independent film. So that, that's a key point. I'm glad you picked up on that because yeah, it's something we have a mutual common, but uh Man, you got to be passionate if you're going to do independent film and oh, thick-skinned, yeah. for, for sure. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And, <laughs> so, and you have to be, you have to be kind of dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that, too. I yes. check all the boxes. Hey, that, that works for us. That works for us. Right. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's awesome um, to see. we And for us, you know, we're, we're horror movie fans, of course. And, um, but we're also like you, you know, we're in the paranormal and basically everything that's creepy and kind of, you know, strange out there. Cause you know, it, it's a genre that we love because it, you watch it and it takes you away from all the bull crap. You know, you just go watch a nice horror movie and you know what you're going to get and that's what you want and that's it. Yeah. And, um, we like to introduce people to, to directors and actors and producers and authors and all that stuff, you know, because for us, it keeps the genre alive. And, um, you know, I think that's really important um, because as a, you know, Hollywood is slowing down so much. And really, and really the independent um, directors and, you know, producers and actors are what's Feeding, feeding the fire yeah. for for yeah. a lot of it, you know. Absolutely, I love it. I've uh, I've been sticking independent work for a long time. I've been I've been acting for quite a long time. And how I got into acting is uh, right out of high school. Actually, in high school, um, uh, I wanted to act, but I was a jock. You know, I couldn't do both. And you know, actors are dorks, and I wouldn't have ever you know, never get hot chicks. <laughs> yeah. So uh, right out of high school, I went to college and, and got into theater, and. Uh, I decided I, I liked it. I wasn't very good at the theater aspect of it. They're kind of a, yeah. a different type of person. <laughs> but I've got great actor friends who do a lot of theater, but uh, I immediately went into commercial work and, and uh, independent film work, uh, a lot of crappy films. A lot of, I cut my teeth on student films, and um, I, I decided to really go for it um, probably right when I was 19. And uh, I was watching TV with my dad, 
and uh, I was watching Roseanne. <laughs> and uh, at the end of Roseanne, now takes, they're always goofing off and having a good time. And it just like, like a whole lot of fun. I was like, man, this is cool. And then right after uh, Roseanne went, went off, uh, Baywatch came on. <laughs> and I'm just looking, I'm looking at Pam Anderson and all these hot chicks in bikinis. And I look at my dad, who uh, was in the Navy in the later part of Vietnam. I said, Dad, you've been all around the world. Where do you find these kind of women? As you know, nineteen-year-old yeah, yeah. <laughs> horny, horny, horny guy. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a thirty. And he says, "Son." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, my dad says, "Son, you're right. I have been all around the world." He started naming off all the countries he's been to, and he says, "The only spot I ever seen women like that is right there on the TV." I said, "Well, I'm going to be an actor." <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. yeah. Well, it, it's and then fun. all of a sudden, there's Brock running down the beach with Pam Anderson. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, that, that would have been sweet. Well, but, uh, you know, it's funny. You're talking about uh, doing student films and things like that. And, I mean, look at one of our all-time favorites. And in the horror genre, it's one of the legends is Evil Dead. Sure, I mean, yeah. You know? And that's what that was originally. is yeah. just a, yeah. you know, student film. And, I mean, and it's a classic a legendary movie, you know. You know? Well, it is, and, and I've, I've done lots of movies all across every genre, and the horror films are actually the most fun to be in. It, they just are. Uh, there's always something kind of cool to look at, something scary, you know. Just, you get to create the moment for people to start getting like, goosebumps on the back of their neck right. and wondering what's going to happen next, and that's a, it, there's a, there's a skill set to that, and I really enjoyed trying to get that on, on camera. Uh, we, Chris and I did our first horror film together called Sound of Nothing. And that was actually the first film I was one of the main producers on. And uh, Chris brought me on board on that. And I was also one of the actors. I was not the lead actor, uh, but I was a supporting actor and, uh, and I guess one of the main producers on mm-hmm. it. And I, I learned a lot how to produce and also uh, what, it, what it's supposed to be like on independent film set and making horror movie like you're talking about. And it was just a great experience. And uh, uh, a couple years later, we decided to team up and, uh, and push 88 millimeter uh, into a whole nother level, which we're doing now with Red Night of Skies. Right. Awesome. And that's really, I guess, where I was brought on board was uh, to try to take the company to a different level. My background's in business. You know, I'm an, I'm an actor. I'm a stage actor. And Chris got me into film. One of those stage actors. Right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, it's, it's still my passion. I, you know, films are cool, but, yeah. you know, the stage is you get one shot, right? Can't screw it up. There's no retakes. <laughs> uh, but, you know, doing the research for coming off of, uh, you know, Sound of Nothing and doing the research for who's passionate about movies, right? Horror, horror fans are passionate about their movies. Absolutely. They're going to Absolutely. see it. They're going to, right. They're going to follow you. If you got something going, I mean, look at some of the, the horror icon people, you know, that are out there. Some of those actors out oh, yeah. there, you know, you take your, your Mosley's and some of the people that have been like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Right. You, you look at some of those folks and, and they got a big following. So we looked at it and I looked at it from a business sense too. And said, who's passionate about movies, Right. It's, it's, and these guys came up with this coming off sound of nothing mm-hmm. and then coming off and saying, Hey, red Knight, you know, this is, this, this makes sense from a passionate people, whore followers, you know, plus from a business people. sense, right. You're going to have an automatic following for something Absolutely. that, you know, if you put it together, right, 
which I think we've done in this case for Red Night at Skies. We're that, hoping so. Yeah, <laughs> that, you know what, people are going to be attracted to it, you know. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. That's got to be one of the coolest things in the world. Like Brock touched on that a while ago. You guys are making movies for passionate people that we dream about watching, you know, I mean, that's gotta <laughs> yeah. be cool to, you know? Yeah. You know, it's, it, and not only that, but like, so, so the, the, the passion part about it, what's cool about that is that horror fans, us being huge horror mm -hmm. fans know we like the B rated movies. Oh, we, absolutely. We, we like that stuff. You know what I mean? Cause like he just said, that's the movies we would love to see. But right. big time, you know, Hollywood. Oh, we're not gonna, we're not gonna touch that. But you know, that's what people want to see. It's a subculture, you know. Yeah. It's a fantastic, huge subculture globally. Yep. And uh, the, the, they're all passionate all around the world. And uh, that's one reason we stuck with this genre coming out of the gates here, right uh, post COVID. And this was just probably a really good vehicle to keep catapulting us into uh, not Hollywood. But big, <laughs> big Andy Wood. Right. Exactly. Well, uh, yeah. 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 I'll tell you my my favorite directors uh, are Ridley Scott, John Carpenter, Walter Hill. Yes. John Carpenter. Yeah. Let's let's give a little bit of an applause for John Carpenter. <laughs> the man. You gotta applaud John Carpenter. The man. The yeah, man. I agree. The the thing I like about see, I like I like smart horror films. Like the mm -hmm. thing is a very smart movie, yeah. right? The first Alien film, the first two are spectacular. Uh, the first Alien film is just a smart horror film, right? right. Uh, and whenever I mention Walter Hill, nobody knows who Walter Hill is. Walter Hill has had his hands in a lot of different films. Uh, I thought he was a guy in Breaking Bad. <laughs> yeah. Ron Walter, okay. Like one of my favorites by him is uh, Southern Comfort. Mm. Oh, okay. If you've yeah. seen that, yes. it's a fantastic yes. movie. Yes. And it's it kind of skirts the line of horror, but it it definitely uh, it falls within that realm, I think. Yeah. yeah, and I think for horror fans, uh, you know, for w with Carpenter, <clears throat> he was just so great at uh, atmosphere. Yeah. And I mean, he, I mean, he did everything. He did music. He did the. Mm -hmm. he, I mean, he was just. You know, I, you know, and it's funny. We've heard a lot of people, you know, compare him to a control freak, and I don't see him like that. He wasn't a control freak. He just he had a vision, and he knew what he wanted. He knew what we wanted. He knew what we wanted. Yeah. I know. He, right. He knew. Right. He knew what he was trying to do and how he was trying to put it out. That story came first, and let's put all the elements together. But you got to do it my way, or it's not going to work. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, it's funny because we have a friend of ours. Um, so. <laughs> I love horror movies and I love movies in general, but I love horror movies and things like that. But like, uh, I could never, I could never, you know, do what you guys do is probably like directing and producing and things. I don't know if I could do that. Acting, I might be able to, you know, be able to do that. I don't know. Uh, but, you act like an ass all the time. That is not an act. <laughs> <laughs> That's not an act. But anyways, <laughs> no, um, we, I see it a lot, though. As a fan, I'm like, dude, that book would make a freaking... We have a friend of ours, D.A. Roberts, and he writes, he writes horror novels, and they're awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And I would love to see his books written or, or made to movies. And I see things like that. I'm like, dude, that would be so awesome as a movie. 
And that's what's cool about, you know, independent directors and right. production And companies. that's what's cool about these guys is, you know, them coming up with an idea and putting that to film, you know. No matter just, what, no yeah. matter what, you know. I'd love to someone do something else, like that. Yes, no matter what someone else, what's in or what people consider to be in, you're going to do what you're passionate about and do it and put it out there. And that's why we really appreciate the independent, you know, aspect of everything. Yeah. Same thing with music. Yeah, thanks, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's awesome. So, uh, tell us about Red Night at Skies. Well, Red Night at Skies, it's a uh, action horror film. It uh, it tells the the story of a, a veteran who's out of work. You're good. We Go just ahead. lost. We just lost somebody. Uh, What's going on? <laughs> We're gonna cut this up. <laughs> nah, we'll, we'll we'll get. We don't. He's got a uh, actually JT. Does he builds all of his own? Like uh, he does a huge display out here for Halloween and stuff like that. But oh. he literally hand makes everything. And oh. it, it looks ridiculous. So he's been working on it, and his uh, <laughs> his air compressor just kicked on. <laughs> oh. Oh, I thought somebody's out front stealing it. It's like doing independent film, man. You just roll. Hey, with it. and exactly that's our whole point. Like people like this. At, I don't know if, no, if exactly. you guys just, I like the atmosphere. Well, people like uh, when you're listening to podcasts, um, people just like to hear real conversations, and this is a real conversations, you know. Yeah, shit uh, happens, man. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Especially with this guy. Can't around. get any more real than the air compressor kicking on. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> what kind of low budget outfit is this? <laughs> yeah. We're talking about '88. Exactly. <laughs> Us too. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but no, uh, anyway, go uh, ahead. Red Knight at Skies: Story of a uh, out of work veteran. Cole Boyd, he's got uh, he's got a dying wife, two young kids, father to take care of, and he's pretty much out of options. And he has a a buddy, a best friend, who's also a veteran, who brings him in on his plan to rob this pawn shop, Sky's Pawn Shop, in the next town over. Except it's not just a pawn shop; it's a a front for these uh, meth making bikers. Nice. So. <laughs> That sounds the, like uh, this area. Our, what? our hero and his buddy have a couple other buddies. They go in on this plan to rob this place, except naturally things turn out to be not what they seem. Awesome. So there's there's a whole sort of wild, crazy, bloody ride down in the basement with uh, cannibals and experimentation and yes, lots they, of blood and yeah, lots yeah. of what's well, <laughs> Blood, gotcha. guts, bullets, everything kind of goes goes south and sideways. Sounds like a great yeah. movie. <laughs> I liked in your uh, in your campaign video. There's buckets of blood and buckets of bullets. <laughs> yeah, yes. literally buckets yeah. of blood. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's and like you know, I don't want to give too much of the movie away, but um, uh, where did you uh, come up with the concept for the movie? So. We were working on this film, uh, a boxing film called Cruiser. And it's, when I say boxing film, it's really a fighting film. Yeah, very much. And, and it, yeah. that's a story. It, it, the characters are, are kind of similar, the main characters, except the main character in Cruiser is kind of a guy who's fucked up everything in his life. And he kind of put himself in this really shitty situation where he's forced to fight or they'll kill him if he loses, Right. Anyway, we put a lot of 
everything we had in the making cruiser. Mm-hmm. And then COVID came and just tore everything apart. Had to give all the money back we raised, which was a considerable amount of money. Uh, we were in a pretty bad spot. So I was like, all right, we can't make cruiser. So what are we going to do? And at the time, I had just got done watching Green Room. You guys, have you seen that? I have not seen that. I heard that. of it. I have not seen Oh, it. Green Room is fantastic. It's uh, the same guy who did Blue Ruin. If you haven't seen Blue Ruin, uh, watch that. And uh, God help me, I can't remember the director's name. But the, the film's a fantastic little movie made for about a quarter of a million dollars or, or less, maybe even like $150,000. Uh, they're follow-up film to that was Green Room and that has uh, Patrick Stewart in it playing a bad guy and a bad, bad guy and it pretty much all takes place in the the green room of this little punk rock club in the middle of fucking nowhere. All right, on. And the band plays there and they see some shit they're not supposed to see and they get trapped there and they got to find some way out. So I thought, wow, wouldn't it be cool if we did a similar situation where we have our heroes in some place in the middle of nowhere where they're trapped and they got to figure out a way out. Now, on the surface, they're similar, but they, they, they diverge. They're very right. different. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. But that, that's what gave me the idea because I was in a pretty low place when COVID hit and Cruiser fell apart. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, that, that's a big blood-soaked action like uh, kind of like Walter Hill kind of skirts the line of horror. I, I would say it falls in the same universe as Red Knight, and it, it, it's not horror, but it, it's not a straight-up action movie. Anyway, when that all fell apart, I was feeling pretty low, so watching this movie gave me inspiration, like, wait a minute, okay, we can put together a modest budget, and we can do this film on you know with a handful of locations yeah that's and that's that's something we were just talking about and i wanted wanted to ask you about that what do you do so i know you guys are in st louis yeah are you filming everything in st louis surrounding area uh the the metropolitan area within let's say a 50 100 mile radius yeah so i'm pretty in my little town that I, I grew up in, I know quite a few people. So uh, we get a lot of free locations and really cool locations uh, for a lot of the films we shot. And just we, we turn them into something that you wouldn't expect to see yeah, in a awesome. small town. But it's pretty, pretty amazing that just knowing people and being good friends, uh, what they're willing to give oh, yeah, absolutely. To, to, be in, to have something of theirs being a movie. Yeah, I actually, right. I'm actually from a, a small town. I moved down here when I was nine, but I used to live in Winfield up there, uh, right outside of Troy, um, up there by St. Louis, Moscow Mills mm-hmm. area. So we're right up in there. There's a lot of areas out there that are perfect for filming horror and stuff like that, or actually anything. I mean, really, <coughs> you get out in the country, it's... Yeah. Well, and it's funny because I grew up in Crystal's neck of the woods. Yeah. I grew up in Arnold. Yeah, that's oh, okay. in, in fact, my sister lives in Imperial. That's where I grew up, in Imperial. Right. right. Yeah, I, I read through your bio, and I was like, oh, my God, he grew up in Imperial. Yeah. You know, and I lived there for a long time before yeah, I moved down here. It's pretty cool, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, um, you know, something that 
that uh, we talk about a little bit on here. Um, like with the internet, it's really good. It's awesome for independent music, independent, you know, film and things like that. Uh, co comedians are doing this a lot now and they're taking like their specials and they'll throw them on YouTube and they get massive following and then they sell their tickets and things like that. Right. But, um, you know, with, with, with movies, um, it's of course it's harder, but we found out we've been doing this podcast for about four years now. And, um, you know, we found out that the podcast community, especially, and we, we had talked about this earlier, but with the horror genre and paranormal fans and all that kind of creepy stuff, they're very, um, welcoming and they're very, uh, good at helping promote things and pushing it because we all we're all doing trying to strive for the same thing right there's no backbiting in what we do it's funny everybody just everybody that we've met it's like oh you're doing a podcast well here let me help you promote and you know and let me help you do this and we've got some friends of ours that are on some huge podcasts and if we called them today they'd you know spend an hour or two on the phone with us you know and they don't know yeah. us from adam you know i mean it's just crazy yeah, that's a good segue. Like Chris is a good friend who shot the movie. Uh, he he he's in another whole other film company. Yeah. Right. But he's definitely wanting to be part of something bigger, just like we all are. And we're all just trying to help each other out. Exactly. And that's Eric Stanzi, who I'm speaking of, who was yeah. the DP of this film. And he's yeah, Chris can talk more about him. We talked about a little bit yeah, about him at the beginning of the podcast. And. Uh, we, we had a couple other local filmmakers that are separate from 88 uh, step up and help us out making props, um, uh, looking for other locations yep. for us. I mean, it's kind of the same with, with the, well, I guess with the, we've all been doing independent film in St. Louis for a while. There's some younger guys we don't know. Yeah. But the ones who started off, you know, 20 years ago, we're, we're all pretty good friends. We try to help each other out, yeah. promote it, each it, other's. Uh, that's cool. I mean, it just. Yeah. It's cool when you have a community like that where you're all you're all after the same goal. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's why when you guys invited us on, you know, we wanted to jump on yours first, obviously, because yeah. obviously, you know, uh, you got such a, a good following with the work with the work crowd. Right. But uh, you know, start now, and then when we really get this thing finished, hopefully, there's some momentum going into it. You know, and we can talk way more about the movie and kind of. You finishing touches and where it's going to premiere, you know, those kind of things and dive into some stuff where right now maybe we can't dive into. Right. Oh, yeah. right. You guys are always welcome to come back on. But I mean, once you, once you guys have all that set up, you know, we can help you promote at least through our, you know, small community that we have, you know, and we, we've got some friends that are in some bigger name podcasts and stuff and we can push it their way. And, Honestly, they'll do with it what whatever they want, you know. But sure, as well, we hope everybody shows up for the uh, <laughs> shows up for the same premiere. <laughs> right. and we show it. Absolutely, yeah. it's a premiere. It's a showing. Yeah, it's all kinds of weird crap you got to dive go around when it comes to uh, distribution. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. A, that distribution is a horror movie in itself. Let me tell you. Right. With an unhappy ending. Yeah. yeah. Now, do you guys <laughs> take care of your own distribution? What's that? Do you guys take care of your own distribution, or do you have to go through another company for that? Self-assigned nothing. So we this uh, Red Night of Skies is our seventh feature film. Uh, the the very first one, Amphetamine, got 
picked up by this company in New York and they were bundled with a bunch of other, you know, lower budget, uh, Mm -hmm. similar genre films. And then that deal just kind of fell apart and nothing went forward with that, which is fine. You know, it's first feature. Second feature, Rhineland, uh, it's a World War II feature film. It took us three years in the winter to shoot. Wow. Uh, it's a fantastic yeah. movie. It's, it really, really yeah. is. Yeah, definitely for making a, a, a pretty accurate World War II film in Missouri with practically no money. <laughs> yeah. And having hundreds of reenactors and... <laughs> Bringing people back for three years. And dozens upon <laughs> yeah, dozens of vehicles. I mean, we had American vehicles. We had German vehicles. We had tanks. We had half-tracks. We had Jeeps. We had all that stuff. Uh, that's Dude, did impressive. you get to drive a tank? No. Oh, damn. They did not let you touch the thing. No. <laughs> <laughs> did not get to drive a tank. He'd be they all get to shoot a German machine gun, though. I know, I know a guy. <laughs> but that was, uh, that was our first film that uh, we got in distribution. And, uh, you know, the, the company did, they were not, uh, dishonest. They just didn't do any promoting whatsoever. Right. So yeah. it didn't really go anywhere. didn't really do anything. Uh, the next film that we made after that, it's called game of the year. And that's, that's the first mockumentary that we did, uh, that we decided to do the self distribution route, gotcha. which that was when DVD was still viable before streaming. Right. So, uh, I got a bunch of cases of DVDs in my basement, and I can give you a free one. Nice. Good movie. Yeah. I'll take it. I like DVDs. <laughs> take two. I like physical and, media. Take two. They're small. And I, will tell, <laughs> and I will tell you guys this. You know, um, take it for what it's worth, but um, the horror genre, they will buy DVDs. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. They will buy VHSs. Well, like, very, that's very true. That's, that's the that's thing about it. Big way. Yes, and that's the thing about it. You know, that's why another reason it's so great for independent, you know, actors and directors and things like that. Because if you're in this genre, like we talked about before, the passion is is there. So you know your people's going to show up. You know, and they're going to show up for you. And this is hopefully what we can do for you guys with this. You know, um, crowdfunding thing. We can get you guys up to where you need to be at, so we can really push this movie to where you guys want it. Yeah, we're hoping. Yeah, thanks Thanks for mentioning that. Do you mind if we talk about that a little no, bit? No, absolutely, right. absolutely. Yeah, so so we pretty much got – we're making this movie regardless. It's if, already done. Right, it's done. It's already it's, in the can. It's in the can. It's in. It's it's at the editor right now. We're actually going down to Nashville here in a couple of weeks to, to take a look at it and really move the thing forward. But there's certain elements you, you need in, in films, right, that, that kind of puts you over the top. And copyrighted music is something that maybe separates something from a different movie, right? And, and oh, kind yeah. of puts you in there, or fits fits the horror scene, right? Builds mm-hmm. builds the crescendo, or or something. And we got a couple of scenes in the movie that you know, there's a few songs that we're looking at, and then there's enhanced special effects, right? That that really kind of separate yourself, and it looks it looks like you know you really put some time and, and some serious money into it. So we kind of got to the point where just like you know what, we would love to be able to just take this thing over the top, and we say it's the the cherry on the Sunday, if you will, gotcha, uh, gotcha. you know, to try to do that. So we said, you know what? We've never asked for a dime from the independent film community. We went out and got private investors on red night at skies and, and we scraped together and did what we needed to do behind the scenes. And, you know, we said, you know what, in seven, seven films, 20 years, we've really never asked the public or our friends to really support us through a crowdfund. Yeah. So we said, Hey, why not on this one? We're trying to take the company to a different level. 
we've paid our dues. We've paid, God knows we've paid our fair share of money. <laughs> um, you know, we've done it on our dime. We've honed our skills on our dime. We've, 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 we've brought things together on really Chris Gregg's dime and Brock Roberts' dime. I, I just started giving money. Uh, <laughs> that's what a producer does. They give money to Yeah, right. But, uh, <laughs> I need to get me a couple producers. Exactly. We need a producer for this show. <laughs> uh, uh, but we, we, we honed our, we really did. We honed our skills. We figured out formulas. We, we figured out stuff. And, and that's where Red Knight with Scott takes us is we think we've put the elements together and you know what we we see a few more elements that we think we got such a great movie right now that man we can make it just that much better yeah if if it goes well great those elements will be in there if it doesn't which we hope it does um you know the movie's coming out regardless and it's going to be a kick-ass movie so so that's kind of where we've we've put this crowdfund out there we've we've been humble about it Um, and just kind of said, you know what, if you give to independent things, if you believe in independent art, if you're a lover of horror movies, if you're a lover of this, please consider giving ours, man. If you got the financial means, you know, the lowest level is 10 bucks and you get a thank you, you'll get an on credit, you know, you'll get scrolled through the credits, you know, and then it's DVDs, you know, and the the kind of the, the where's my wallet? Exactly. All right. Hey, don't they now show them that you're willing. How about a signed <laughs> script? How about that? Oh, there you go. There yeah, you go. So, you know, we believe in, you know, there's a lot of people out there. That's what crowd funds are for. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Our family and friends have been sharing the hell out of it and we're getting some momentum, but yeah. anything like this can help. And if you could put up a link or something, that'd be great. Oh okay. yeah, we'll absolutely. We'll absolutely. We'll so let me ask you that. I'm going to throw this out there just cause I have to. So, are you ever interested in some metal music? I'm so glad you said that. (laughs) I was just getting ready to say, how about some local metal metal music? You know what's crazy is that's the first thing everybody says when we say we're looking for some music. Everybody's (laughs) like, oh, did you look at my side? Here's this. Hey, horror horror and metal go together. Also, everybody's like Eddie Van Halen, right? Yeah, no, no, no. No, we're talking about Mr. Oh, you're talking like death metal? No Eddie Van Halen, but... uh, Gerald Tango. No, if you guys would ever, you know, be looking for some metal music, I actually, I I play for a band called Lunatic. We have three full-length CDs out. All of it, it was self-produced. We own all the rights to awesome, it. Awesome, man. So if you guys would ever be interested in that, I'll, I'll send it over to you. You can use whatever and, you want. And, no, uh, yeah, if, away, and it wouldn't cost you a dime. If you heard I'll that. Tell you exactly what I tell everybody else. We'll put your name in the hat and send it. <laughs> no, send it over because I don't turn anybody down at saying what you're saying. For well, sure. and if, yeah. I don't know what you're looking for, you know. But, I mean, we don't. You, well, well, I, I have we a do, we might idea. have to afford it. <laughs> so, uh, I'm I'm a pretty big fan of metal, and nice. I'm not talking about Van Halen. Van Halen is great, but right. I mean I'm like I'm on a Marth, uh, Sepultura. Uh, I just propane. I just went and saw uh, Testament, Exodus, and Death Angel a couple of weeks nice. ago. You're talking behind me, man. I just yeah. I just saw Clutch and uh, uh, went and saw Rob Zombie, Mudvayne. Yeah, I was uh, at that Farm show. Five thousand. I was at that show, dude. Static X killed it that night. Yeah. I could not believe it. I was like, man, I don't know. And then when they hit the stage, I was like, yeah, oh my static's dead. How's this going to work? Yeah, exactly. You know, but man, they sounded phenomenal. I mean, JT, I don't know if you've listened to, if you ever heard any of it's our podcasts. Funny. Chris, growing up in the area where I was, I mean, Lunatic was huge in St. Louis in 96. You know, we were everywhere, to dude. Live in Imperial. Everywhere. <laughs> it is if you're cool. 
But I mean, he. he yeah, it's just cool that you lived in Imperial. Shit, yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> I saw that in your bio, and I was like, my God, this guy's my best friend. <laughs> and now, now look, you guys are practically lovers with the metal music. And now there he's a metalhead, uh, dude. We definitely, we definitely Chris, be, I love you. No. We definitely want to check out your music. No, yeah, I, I absolutely want to hear it. Yeah. So however you can get the file over to us, man, I'd, I'd love to hear it. But I'll, I, I'll send, I, it, send it over to Chris's email. Cool. Oh, I'll 100% check it out. Uh, but I'll be honest, I don't know. No, I'm not in red night because I've, I've got a pretty. Oh, no, 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 that's not mind. what I'm saying. I'm, you know, but uh, if you ever need, anything. if you ever need any music, I mean, we'll write the next movie around the music. Dude, yeah, red night, do, do, it. It. do it. Well, there's a there's a local band called the Spark Thugs, which are a pretty hard rock and roll band, and uh, we've used their stuff in a bunch of our stuff. Really, I've never yeah. heard of them. Oh man, they they are my favorite local band. No kidding. Check them out, the, the Spark Thugs. Spark I, Thugs. I cannot sing their praises enough. Yeah, awesome. so if you uh, get on our website and watch our web series called The Killer's Resolute, which is TKR, okay, uh, they they blare it out, man. It just matches the tone of what we're showing. They they, they nice. just kick ass, and they, nice. they they are great. And I'm sure you know, I'm sure your music would be the same way. So I'm really yeah. I'm, I'm ready to hear. Um, it. you know something I noticed on your guys's website that. What is the, there was something on there, 48 hour, something, what is that? <laughs> Go ahead and explain it away, Chris. Oh, God. Okay, so there's, there's a national, I guess, international competition yeah. called the 48 Hour Film Project. Okay. And it started in St. Louis, oh, it started in D, Washington, D.C., uh, early 2000s, but it first came to St. Louis in 2004, and we've done... We've done it 10 or 11 times. And so the, the concept behind it is, uh, you know, a number of teams compete and you are given uh, a, a genre randomly, a prop, a line of dialogue, and a character. Those are all the same. They have to be in the film. And you have to write, direct, shoot. The cast. whole nine yards, cast it. Casting is important. That is. You have to do all that within 48 hours. Oh, and my have God, dude. That was I bet that's minutes. fun, though. Yeah, it can be. <laughs> but it's, it's, a, it's like seven minutes long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you're not cr- trying to come up with a two-hour feature-length film. No, 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 anything, no, 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 no. But, right. But uh, still, I mean, a bunch. that would be cool. So do you have your own team, or they pick the team? Oh, you, you assemble your own team. Okay. Yeah, so our production okay. company, our, our pseudo-name right. production company, might go <laughs> do one. And there's a lot of St. Louis production companies. A lot of people we know from the independent film community do them. So it, it's supposed to be fun. Yeah, it sounds like that, fun. Yeah, no, it's supposed to, be, it's supposed to challenge you. Yeah. Chris was like, I don't know that it's fun. <laughs> I've, had, I've, made, I've made a lot of uh, seven-minute movies in my time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 seven yeah. minutes. Come yeah. on, man. Hey, all the rest of it's credits and freaking everything <laughs> else, you know? Yeah, it's all credits. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to know is who the hell has ever seen the credits on a porno? I mean, they have credits. I know. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I don't, you know. Hey, you never know if they're going to play like a next sometimes scene from I a new get, movie. Sometimes I don't get past the actress's name. You know, I mean, true. I don't get past the DVD case. I tell you what, though, our, our our very best 48 hour because uh, we made some really good ones and some eh, some not so good ones. Our very best one though is straight up horror film. Nice, and yeah. that that one. 
almost every award in St. Louis except for Best of City, which we've never won. Yeah, it's, if you go on there, it's called uh, Through the Dark Lens, I think. Right? Through a dark okay, Lens. Through I a saw dark. that in there. Yeah, that one's that one's kick ass. So if you go see any of that's a good one. Vuma is a good one. The World War Two one. So yeah, where, Dark Lens is a ghost story. So where can we where can we see these? Uh, I think we have some up on the site. Not all of them. Okay. Uh, and uh, go ahead, go ahead and shoot that site out again, so people can, will know where to. What's the site? That's uh, 88mnfilms.com. Right. We're actually reconstructing the, reconstructing the whole website to make it a little bit easier for everybody because right. we got some cool new stuff we want to put on there, and uh, that'll be coming out probably by the time this podcast comes out. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. And, and also, this is a new thing. Uh, a lot of our films are going to be available for rent or buy. Oh, there you go. There. Awesome. Nice. Right. right through your website. Right through the website. Yeah. Okay, because I, I noticed while I was on there, I found Sound of Nothing on Amazon. Yeah, you can get Sound of Nothing on Amazon. Circling, circling back to distribution, what we talked about earlier. <laughs> See, we that, do this all the time. I know. <laughs> that, uh, that was the first, well, that was the second film we really pushed hard to, uh, to go to a, a legitimate distributor. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of independent filmmakers, our experience was less than pleasant. But well, we got to go to Florida for it. We did get well. That was for the festival. Right. But uh, I don't know that so I'd be after, proud of having to go to Florida, though. <laughs> what? I would. <laughs> so after uh, after that experience, the next two films we did: uh, Weldon Creek and Thirty Five Days. Weldon Creek's a documentary about World War II reenactors, which I met all those guys when we made Rhineland. Made a documentary about them. And in 35 Days was our, our last feature, uh, probably my personal favorite. It's a tribute to a very good friend of mine who was an actor in the first feature, Steve Heffernan, who passed away. Is also in Sound of Nothing. Yeah, he was, he was in a lot of our stuff. Right. Fantastic guy. And so uh, the, uh, the story behind that is it's, it's a story of a failed filmmaker who goes back after 10 years to finish the movie he abandoned a decade before mm. because his friend passes away. Uh, so that, that was my way to give Steve a, a last, a final role, yeah. if you will. Yeah. Uh, actually, we're screening that on the 15th of October. Yeah, that'd be great. But, uh, but yeah, so our, our two films after Sound of Nothing, Weldon Creek and 35 Days, we decided, you know what? We're not going to self-distribute. We're not going to go to a distributor. We're just going to sit on them until after we put out something bigger. Yeah, and hopefully, you know, tandemly, they'd, they'd just see this movie and go, oh, what else have they made? And right. then check out those movies. Right, so if Red Knight Disguised has success, which we, we anticipate it does, then mm-hmm. they're going to go back to our website and go, oh, look at this. we got Sound of Nothing. we got these other movies that are in the genre, you know, from the horror film, you know, people. Yeah. You know, they're going to go back and maybe grab some of those other ones. So if you look at, you said, you know, kind of Amazon, that's because it's in distribution, we really right. don't own the rights to that movie anymore because somebody else is pumping it and they have it out on Amazon. I got you. Gotcha. If you look at the rest of the movies that are on there, we personally put them up on indie, what is it? Vimeo. Uh, Vimeo. We're doing it through Vimeo. So we're going to do it through Vimeo. Yeah, so that right. money goes then, to you guys. Ex- yep. Exactly. So, yes, distribution can be helpful because there's a wider audience, but our experience and as we try to figure it out, we're trying to yeah. find somebody that's really going to push us. And this is what I'm telling so, you guys. So Vimeo, I'm, I'm sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead. But, so Vimeo, uh, if people if people go in there and they rent your movie, you guys actually make money off of that? Oh, yeah, go straight yeah, to them. that's right. Dude. 
That's I mean, how it should be. I need to get them whatever it is, or eighty percent. I don't I know what the actual that. deal is, but yeah, you get the majority of it. They just have to pay themselves the the continue the platform. Right. Yeah, I, uh, that's how I pay for my because I buy like a whole. I buy like either a half or a whole cow, and that's how I got to pay for my deposit and all that stuff through Vimeo. So it's really easy to use. Oh, nice. So it's no, super, not Venmo. Not Venmo. Venmo. Vimeo. Oh, Vimeo. 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 Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Vimeo's like like classy YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But With people class. can go on there, they can rent your movie and yep. you get you get some proceeds on that's that. That's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. We are I we're projected I didn't at this point. At this point, we are projected to make twenty to thirty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, seriously, we can split it up. Uh, you guys Gall- can have a piece of that. You guys, can, you guys can have a gallon again. So that's ten bucks a piece. You know? <laughs> hey. So the thing about this uh, distribution is, uh, you know, uh, having all the right pieces for your script and, and hiring the right type of actors, and obviously the director and and and, and everything, but. One thing that we're missing out on some of the other films is having any type of leverage with the name actor, um, yeah. which we tried using leverage on Red Night of Skies with a name actor. And, uh, and who is that? I think this is going to help out with the distribution side of what we're doing here. And, yeah. t- and tell us who that actor is. <laughs> well, go ahead, Chris. I'll let you uh, announce. Are we supposed to say that? Yeah, we can say. Can, can if you, you say, say that? If you can't, can't, don't. If you can't, that's fine. But if you oh, can't, we know. We're talking but... on a podcast. You know, well, so we well, you know, well, let's let's wait till we get on next time. But okay, it's uh, perfect. And I'll, perfect. I'll just say, you know, it's 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 an icon in, in the in the in the horror thing. Good. You know, I may, may not mentioned his name earlier uh, <laughs> in the podcast. Talking yeah, about we may or may else. not have. Right. Right. Okay. Uh, I mean, if you go look at the the poster, go look at IMDb. Okay. Uh, right. His name is on there, but we technically are not supposed to mention it in any connection with the crowdfund whatsoever. Right. So. He, he, Right. So, but we did bring in that element, like Brock said, and we believe that's going to push us at least because people want to see that, right? That, that right. draws, yeah. that draws right. the business. Absolutely. Side of yeah. I know whenever, uh, you know, because Brock had talked to me about this earlier in the year when you guys were working on it. And when he mentioned that to me, I was like, oh my God. Yeah. You're kidding me. Yeah, you're like, kidding no. me because uh, some people found out he was in town in St. Louis and Reddit picked it up. And uh, they were running with a little bit, like, oh, we can't believe this guy's in town, blah, bleah, blah, right. blah. What's he doing in St. Louis? Right, what's he doing? Because we kept it under wraps so much, you right. know. So it was, they were starting to get a draw. But Yeah. Well, and that's, well, that, we, that, that again comes from the passion of horror fans. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's what's, right. and that's, and that's what's, you know. And I'm telling you, when horror fans finally get that name, they're going to flock to this. Yep, and, and we hope, and we hope this is a teaser for some of your right. fans to to stay tuned and, yeah. and wait for Red Night of Skies to come out, or when we can yeah, talk absolutely. about it a little bit. And and you know what, he he does podcasts and stuff, so maybe we can bring him on yours. Oh, that would be if, awesome. If, if I can figure out awesome. his agent is cool as crap. I would and, have uh, a freaking. We'd have a field day with him. Yeah, you know what? I think we could do that if we, if we if we it's about pumping the movie, right? So if yeah. we got something going on with the movie, and we can pump it. Hey, yeah, absolutely. What's cool about it, you know? Um, it, it's 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 kind of I don't want to say it's easy. It's easier to be able to crowdfund for this genre of film, and you know like because you know you don't really hear oh there those are action movie fans, you know right. oh those are comedy movie fans yeah it's, those are rom com fans. But what you do <laughs> but what you do hear constantly is oh that's a horror fan, and yeah you know. 
I mean, they don't have rom-com conventions. Yeah, they they I was just going to say the exact, you stole the words out of my oh, mouth. sorry. Got, sorry, Chris. No you, <laughs> no, you nailed it, man. They do not have conventions for a bastard, man. For other I film know. genres. I bet there's a rom-com convention somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's inside my dad. Yeah, and Ryan's dying to go to <laughs> yeah, that, too. It's inside my wife's freaking room right now. And I, really I got to go in there and watch. <laughs> exactly. Although, I will tell you, I will tell you, there are a couple I like. I love that movie, P.S. I Love You. It's a rom-com. Oh, Gerard, Gerard Butler. Butler. It's I'm Irish. I'm yeah. like 45 percent Irish. So I got anything that has to do with that I, area. I love. I worked with Gerard years ago. Oh, you Did lucky you really? bastard! Isn't that crazy? That's awesome. Yeah. Here, this, uh, this a, is funny. One of my guilty pleasure movies is a Gerard Butler movie, and I don't know that it's really a guilty pleasure, but Dracula 2000. Okay. I absolutely okay. love that. That's movie. a guilty pleasure, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. See that hey. when people ask me my guilty pleasure movie, I always tell them eh, Dracula 2000. Here, you know? here he you're not, is. As a horror fan, you're not supposed to like that movie. Here he, he, like here he is trying to tell us about how he actually worked with him, and you're sitting here talking about. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry for. Uh, well, yeah, just a real quick side note. Uh, in, uh, Game of Their Lives. Yeah, in Game of Their Lives, which turned into the movie called America Match. It was a, a movie about the 1950s St. Louis soccer team. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, they shot that in 2003 in mm-hmm. St. Louis, all around St. Louis, uh, because everybody on that team was from St. Louis and from the St. Louis area. So uh, I got to work on that. I was hired in as a stand-in actor. And if people who don't know what that is, it's a guy who comes in and watches the real actors do their shit in front of the camera. Then I got to go in front of the camera and work with the director. It was David Anspa who directed like Hoosiers and Rudy, mm-hmm. same director of this movie. Nice. So I get to work with those guys, which is really, really fun to do and learn, learn a lot about the technicalities of making movies. But this is like a $20 million film or $30 million. It's super big right. movie. And um, so I got to work with those guys. And I guess on the second day of filming, Gerard, who was one of the main actors in the movie, playing uh, Frank Borby, the, the, uh, the goalie who's, who, who led the team. And uh, the, very, <laughs> the very first day he came in, uh, he got so pissed because he couldn't make this one save that's really going to sell this part in the movie. And he's getting so pissed. I can't do it. I can't do it. And, and the director took him off to the side, and you can hear him giving the director hell. And uh, the director just, David just took him over by the shoulder and said, hey man, I, I believe in you. I think you can do it. And and he settled him down the next kick. Uh, he actually made the save with winning the movie. And uh, so the first impression was, man, this guy, come on, man. <laughs> first day on set, you're being a little bitch. <laughs> right, right, right. But you. then actually, after getting to know him, because you know, he was starting to be a big star at the time. It was right before 3000 came out. 300. 300 came out. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Uh, so he's well-known, but not super famous yet. Right. Uh, but there's still a lot of people in town, you know, just clawing at this guy, right? Uh, so he had a little bit of a standoffish about him, like a lot of the other actors in the movie. And there's a lot of them. If you look at the movie, there's a lot of name actors in that movie. And um, after we got to know each other, he knew that I personally wasn't trying to get him for anything. We are just working together. We actually became pretty good friends on set. We're not buddies now. Yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah, right. yeah. That, I get it. That of all the actors in that movie, he's the only actor I decided I want to take a picture with at the end of the film. And we was at the rap party together and uh, had a good time. And, and uh, that's, that's the last cool. time I saw him was at the rap party. But he, he, he's a pretty good dude. That's cool. That's cool. Cool, yeah, man. And, and um, you know, um, going back to, like, the, the distribution and things like that and, you know, putting your own stuff out, 
I think now more than ever, uh, people are seeing that they can um, they can do this. They can yeah. put their own stuff out. They can, you know, talk to the fans and say, "Hey, we need some help. You guys really want to watch this? We just need some help to get it where we want it to be for you guys." And that's why. Uh, you know, that's why I'm, I'm really like I'm beating a dead horse here, but that's what's cool about it. You know, the the dedication that the horror fans have to once they see something and they know it's good, they're like, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. If they check out the video on Indiegogo, I think that gives them enough to chew on, man. That, that I think yeah. that video is really well yes. put together. It's, it's actually from our trailer. Yeah. Um, that that our editor put together the kick kick ass trailer. So yeah. we can't wait to I show just, that. Yeah. I just showed that to Ryan. Yeah, right before you guys came on. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty awesome. Yeah, so I think that gives enough for horror fans to chew on and go, what the hell is this gonna be yeah. about? I, I gotta Absolutely. see this movie. Yeah. You know, this this looks freaking cool as shit. And just so you guys know, I mean, if you're ever interested, since you're somewhat local to us, I mean, you know, Brock knows where we're where we're at. We're not too far from up there. But uh, you know, I'm I'm working on something right now. I'm working on a convention to put on down here. Um, okay. Yeah, so I'm, I, I got a lot of stuff I'm trying to put together. You know, there's no horror conventions in Missouri anymore. And, it, you know. Now Chicago's the closest, I think. Right. Well, it's more than, what I'm trying to do is going to be more than horror. It's horror for sure. But, you know, paranormal, you know, um, we're going to have authors, you know, and stuff like that. And if you guys ever want to come down and once I get everything going, that, we can yeah. shoot, shoot you a message. Like, hey, you guys yeah. want to come up, put a booth. And sell movies, whatever. Come talk get if you guys want. Get all those movies out of your basement. Get all those DVDs <laughs> yeah. out of your basement. We will sell Bring them down, and we'll sell the shit out Is of those for you. Is there beer involved? Will there be oh, beer? I am working. I'm, yes. I'm sure we can do something. With I am. That. It's, it's, it takes a lot. It's a passion of mine, man. And this is, it's Good funny. It's funny. I, someone else just we just talked. We just did another interview. Our last one we did with somebody, and he's you know. He's pretty up there with some things in our genre, and he's like, dude, do it. He's like, just don't hesitate. Do what you want to do with it. And he's like, I'll help you out as much as I can. I'll be there. So I'm like, you know, I might as well do it. No one's getting in on it. And I, I just I like promoting everyone else, too. I love seeing people yeah, do good. Absolutely. And, I, I, and, you know, it's funny that some people – think there's competition it doesn't have to be competition there's enough for everyone and i yeah. i like i like putting that out there i like promoting people and i like seeing the smile on people's faces when they're doing great and you know yeah. i think that's a reward for for everyone or i mean for a decent person anyway you say that and that's one of our missions as 88 films if we ever do something where we're we're actually making a living and we're not talking we just want enough to really just Get paid doing independent films, right? We're not looking to make millions of dollars. I'm looking to make millions of dollars. Yeah, there you go, Brock. I just need to make one million. million. (laughs) But we want to be the guys who can give back to another young filmmaker or produce things and and actually give the money that people may have said, hey, next time you do a movie, look me up. I can give you money. Eh, Those people generally aren't around once you get an idea and you're serious about it. But we want to be the guys that go, you know what? We got a few bucks. Let's take it under your wing. We got a hell of a director here. He's Chris is a great writer. Brock's a great actor. You know, I I love to act and, you know, I'm getting good at producing, I guess. You're a badass producer. Right, exactly. Uh, You know, we would love to put those skills together and, and help somebody else out. You know, we're a few years away from that. But it's that kind of, like you were saying, man, if I could just put something together and just be happy for everybody, there's enough of the pie to go around for everybody. Right. Well, one of the things we've talked about is 
you know, further down the line, depending how things go, is getting into the distribution game ourselves. Yes. Yep. Because I like to think we're three very honest people, and so many distributors distributors are not honest. Right. Not even close. And so many filmmakers fall yeah. fall into those traps where you know they just they they put everything into the film and they get nothing in return. Right. And right. if I, I would love to be in a position where it's like, look, we're honest people. If this film can make money, you're going to make money. We'll make money. Everyone makes money. And if it can't, it can't. Yep. Yeah. But there's there's nothing worse than than you breaking your back to make a movie, and then someone else profits off your sweat and and your struggle, and you yeah. end up with nothing. It's <laughs> not <Seven>, nothing. These <laughs> 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 distributors got to take in a, a crap ton of content in order to get they the do. one that right. hit, right? Oh, yeah, but right. they tell everybody the exact same thing, and that's what I think is unfair, is they're going to promote it. Well, you can't promote it in, in six months. My film's no longer the hot thing anymore unless it, it, it was a, a Blair Witch Project or something like that that hit. Yep. You know, I mean, right. there's yeah. a few films out there that have done that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's what I want to say. You know, don't take on too many movies. Promote them as best you can. Yep. Don't lie and be transparent. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, so and you're going to get your hits. Um, so I don't know. It just, it's just I nothing, nothing. Just, I, well, nothing worth doing is easy. No. I, learned, I learned that from when I first started doing martial arts. You know, I just do MMA and stuff. So I used to do a little fighting and stuff. And I was like, <clears throat> I learned that real quick. It's like if if this was easy, everybody would do it. Exactly. And um, yeah. you know, it's it, it that struggle is what makes the the fruit taste so much sweeter when it happens. The struggle you know? is real. And um <laughs> yeah. That really is. We're, yeah. fe- we're feeling it all the time. Yeah. We're always we're always struggling. No, and you know what, we want people to come on our sets, you know, when we do the next one and even this one. Everybody got paid on our set. That's right. Everybody got treated like a professional and you know that's they, gonna go along. Most of them were professionals, you know. Exactly. And that, that goes a long way when you're trying to get people to work that extra hour because you can't pay them overtime or whatever right. it is, you know, that right. just goes a long way. Or somebody giving you a free location. Hey, speaking about making a movie, Kristen you could probably talk about how strenuous it was to actually make the film because we only had so much time to make this film. So I, that was the hardest thing about this film was the time crunch we had to make it. Well, yeah. So, so Cruiser was uh, a, a full-time budgeted film, right? We were going to shoot that in something like 35 days. Yeah. In order to make Red Knight, we basically had to cut the budget for Cruiser in half. And Cruiser, the budget was considerable. It was up there. It, it was still, uh, by Hollywood standards, a low-budget film. But right. for an independent film, it was a, it was a pretty good-sized budget. Six, six figures. We, we had to cut that in half and basically almost half that again to make, make Red Knight. Uh, so as a consequence, we also had to cut our shoot basically in half. So what should have been a 32-day, 35-day shoot was crammed into 16 days. Wow. Damn. And, again, without the talents of Eric Stanzi and his crew, uh, his uh, the, the grip and electric and cinematographer, his people, it never would have happened. No, not close. Because Stanzi, again, if, you need to have him on the podcast because he's been doing this for 30 years. Yeah, check out Wicked Pixel. 
if oh, you want yeah, to look at some good horror movies. Wicked Pixel Cinema. Yeah, He's, if you want to see some good, that, he'd be a good interview too. I 100% agree with that because that's why we brought him in because he oh, can yeah. run and gun and he knows how to shoot this shit. That's awesome. Yeah, we were we were watching and it's we were watching you know the trailer. And we both were just looked at each other like, man, this is like. Yeah, the first thing I said to Ryan is I was like, look at the production of this. I mean, this does yeah, not look absolutely. like an indie film. I mean, it's got high budget production. That's why you don't tell people what your movies cost. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think my movie costs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Exactly. Yeah, well, exactly. That, no, go ahead. I said that's why when people watch it, uh, it's kind of a double-edged sword when here. Well, this looks like a real movie. Well, no shit. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're all. Yeah. It's a real movie. But we have uh, Eric was just there wasn't anybody close around here that could do what he did. Uh, for us, and man, hats off to Eric and his his, his crew is yeah amazing to us. Go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry to catch you up. Oh, the uh, the one thing I've always been very cognizant of as a filmmaker, and I, I will say I have noticed this in a lot of independent films, you know, local and otherwise. Everyone is really big on what camera they're shooting on, the cinematography. Oh, I'm right. shooting on the red. This I'm shooting 4K, 8K. That for me, it's like it's a movie. It's supposed to look good. Right. Yeah, what's been always been important to me, apart from the story, story's a number one. Absolutely. Right, story's number one, acting's number two, but number three is production design. You have to make a believable looking world for people to engage with, right? right. right. And that's something right. I've always put a lot of thought and effort into is the design of the film. Yeah, and I noticed and, that. Uh, that's funny you're saying that because I noticed that whenever I was watching the trailer and I was sitting there thinking. Um, there's a scene where um, oh, I think we're watching a trailer to the other movie, but one of the movies we were just watching you guys had done, um, the guy was uh, walking into like an, a banded store. Oh, sudden, oh sudden, that was sudden, sudden, sudden nothing. Yes, yeah, and when he's walking in there and just the way the, 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 the darkness, the leaves blown in, the, the way it looked, I'm like, that's what it would freaking look like if, uh, yeah. Yeah. you know? Right. And it, that's exactly what I was thinking in my head the whole time. I was like, yeah, that's awesome. So I yeah, and I think the, the, just give credit to like Zach Elston for special effects on this. He did a hell of a job for yeah. us uh, on some of the stuff he brought to the table. He was real professional. Who was our? He's another guy you need to get on set design your podcast. Uh, Scott Brahan, he was our uh, production designer on this. Yeah, I mean he just he brought it, and these these some of these guys I've never worked with before. Brought them on set, constant professionals, just blew it out of the water. You could just say, here's your job, and they ran with it, right. which is yeah. different from independent film. Usually you're guiding them along, and you're feeding them stuff, and you're, you end up doing everybody's job. Another yeah. cool thing about uh, Red Knight of Skies is the practical effects because of Zach, of Zach Elliston. I was just going to mention that. Kudos to you guys for using practical effects. Not many filmmakers well, that, do that anymore. That was one of my sticking points from the beginning. It's like, okay, we got to have a name actor. That's a number one, and it's got to be bloody, and we have to use a lot of practical effects. Yeah. Yes, especially you know we talk about that often. Yeah, uh, all the time. Practical effects. And, are just... and I, I just want to say, I'm not one of those people that absolutely hates all digital effects. Like, oh, no, no, I mean, no. there's, watch a, there's a time movies, and a place for them. Yeah, yeah you watch right. you watch Marvel movies. They look awesome. Right. You know, you can't, you couldn't do that stuff 30 years ago. Perfect example, real quick. You know, um, you guys have all seen uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. Yep. Have you watched the remake? No. So. Lucky you. 
<laughs> actually, actually, yeah. actually the, fil- the film is the the movie's filmed awesome. I love the yeah. whole thing, except but you can't replace Robert England. It's just one of those things. Right. But um, what I was gonna say is this: the scene. So um, they they redo the scene. Uh, so where where Freddy Krueger comes through the wall over top of the bed. Mm-hmm. Oh, where Johnny Depp's at? Yes. Yeah. So when he's coming through the wall, how it looked. You know how it looked like he was actually gonna come. Yeah. Well, that what? No, the scene he's talking about. Nancy's laying in the bed, yes. and you see the you see the wall stretch out, and you and see his head's coming, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the hands, and his hands, and he looks like he's getting ready to bust through the actually go through the wall. But right. So they redo that in the new one, but it's CGI, and it looks so it looks horrible. lame, horrible. And well, going back to Carpenter, the thing you had the original thing from '82, then you have. The sequel, yep. It, there's no comparison. No, no, no comparison to the original, man. That no. still holds up today. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Some and, of those. And one of my one of my favorite horror movies of all time, and and one of my favorite uses of practical effects is American Werewolf in London. Oh my God, Rick Baker it still looks Rick good. Baker Rick Baker looks good, man. <laughs> that is still the best werewolf transformation ever put I, on. Yes, hundred percent agree. Absolutely, like Rick Baker was a genius. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a good one. And uh, not that we're anywhere near this, but one of the one of the concepts I have is a werewolf movie set in the eighties. Abs- yeah. Oh, dude, in, in a very much. Lost Boys, American Werewolf kind of style. Right. Perfect. But, that would you know, be killer. That's, See, that's, that's what... That's there that's, Well, that's what horror movie, right. horror fans want to see. I have a fucking... It sounds yeah. awesome to me. Yeah. You know, like, that's what I was trying to say. Like, our our buddy D.A., who writes these these books, um, he's got... Um, it's a lot of werewolf. Yeah, he does. He does a lot of werewolf stuff. He's really big into cryptids and dogmen. He's got this series called Apex Predator. And it's okay. about werewolves awesome. and stuff. Awesome. And he's a very good writer, too. He just lives in Springfield. You guys will oh, meet man. him. Once you come down to the convention, you guys will meet him. Yeah. <laughs> because he'll be there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. We'll still meet and greet with everybody. But, yeah, uh, yeah man, I mean, um, when you guys can talk more about everything, you guys are more than welcome to come back on. Yeah, absolutely. Mean, absolutely. And also, speaking of practical effects, um we also had guns used in the movie, mm-hmm. which uh, that's <laughs> a no-no Chris, anymore, isn't it? Well, you know, <laughs> yeah, after Rust, uh, yeah, so you guys right. didn't have so, no Baldwin issues, did you? Well, no. we we really had to oh. tread very lightly, and we had to treat everything carefully. We always did, anyway. Yeah. I mean, Chris, every movie that Chris has ever made, and I've been in all of them, uh, we have used some sort of gunfire. Yeah. And Chris, you talk, we, we've always been safe, and uh, we've even had explosions <laughs> on the set of Rhineland, obviously, with the bombs right. and uh, the mortar rounds. And uh, we always had a gun wrangler and everything, but this was a little bit different because it's brought to the spotlight from the set of Rust and Alec Baldwin. Oh, issue. yeah. And we had to shoot the very next day. Like It was like the first time we were actually using fake guns that shoot fake rounds, but they did have... They're blanks. Yes. Right. Okay. Right. Right. Like I said, we're not using CGI bullets and gunfire. We're not holding plastic guns and going like this. Right. You know, we actually have prop guns. What they're made for. Yeah. And uh, they're all safe. And we had a, a, a gun ring on set, <laughs> and he's super professional. And you know, one of the first things he said was, "You know, nobody else touches this this uh, 
prop gun that I'm going to give you. So me as an actor, you know, probably before I would have maybe have let another actor look at my pistol because it's cooler than right. his. Yeah, right. Yeah. Now this, we, we, that's probably about the only thing that we did change in the set is like nobody touches. Yeah. We had a whole, gun. whole series of protocols you had to go through, but I mean, that, that's, that was equally important. You know, we didn't want to have like a plastic gun with like an added muzzle flash and post. Cause it, that always, that's a, that looks fake. Yeah, right. right. I mean, you can see in the, in the teaser, you know, the, the, yep. the blank gunfire is, is real. You know, you can, you, you it yeah. just adds to it. But at the same time, you got to be very safe, very careful. And we've been doing this for, for 20 something years. We've had firearms in all of our features, I think with one exception, and we've never had an incident because we've never played around with it. Right. right? Exactly. And that's good. I mean, you're there's there. always been checks and balances in place and, you know, you never have a live round anywhere near set. There's right. no reason to ever do that yeah, for any reason you, whatsoever. Because then you have a damn incident like in one of my favorite movies of all time, The Crow. Yep. Oh, yeah. Gosh darn. Yeah, that was like – that one kind of just came and went, and this one's kind of hanging around. It didn't seem like the industry really made a lot of changes because of that. Well, I think that was a hit. The Yakuza did it, I guarantee it. <laughs> oh, you think that – okay. Oh, here we go. It's conspiracy hey, time. listen, listen. They did the same thing to Bruce, man. I'm telling you. No, oh, Bruce is still alive. I'm telling yeah. you, man. He's in Canada. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I mean – um, Shit, there's somebody at my door. <laughs> no, uh, you know, uh, The Crow is probably one of my all-time favorite movies. I mean, it's my top yeah. three. But, um, it's a good movie. Yeah, the novel's pretty dang cool, too. That's well, it's good. funny you say that because we just interviewed – the last interview we did, the guy who uh, we interviewed, he does, um, he does the graphic uh, novels and things like that and yeah. comics. And he actually worked with um, the guy who did those comics. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, God, what was his name? Which one? Well, so we had uh, Josh Warner on last week. Uh, he did a graphic novel about the Winchester Mystery House. And he actually worked with the guy that did the Crow series. Okay. Uh, but the movie was based off of? It was made a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was kind of cool. So he told us a little bit about that guy. And he, uh, he actually, they... Because of that guy, they created a specific award for graphic novels, and Josh yeah. ended up winning that award. He was the first one to win it, and he said, I pretty much broke down on stage because this guy yeah. was a really good friend of his, you know. And he was just happy to be nominated, much less win. Yeah. You know? So, but it's just, it's, it's really cool to, um, <coughs> you know, like I said, it's a circle. You guys, yeah. you, you know, um, everything is somewhat connected you run into us and we run into you and then you know this person and that person and 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 yeah and i I gotta say i I appreciate it too because i mean you guys we make movies but now this podcasting platform is that you guys are into now you you guys really help out a lot of a lot of people that wouldn't have an outlet with no platform Exactly. you know so what you guys do is equally as important as making movies you guys are the ones pushing Movie and not just horror right, movies, but right. whatever cool genre. You yeah. know, I think it's really it, cool. And it's, what you guys do. and it's funny. We kind of got into this just on a whim, really. We got into I mean, it because of our passion for you know. You know, we would sit around and talk about movies and heavy metal. You know, and uh, Ryan says to me, he's like, "Man, we ought to do a podcast." And I was like, "What the fuck's a podcast?" <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Now here we are, four years ago, and I'm producing these things. <laughs> I so what uh, what are the bands you're into? 
So my favorite, my all-time favorite band is Slayer. Uh, nice. I grew up on that '80s thrash metal, you know. Mm-hmm. So Slayer, Anthrax, Megadeth, Metallica, you know, big four. Um, that's that's nice stuff right there. But you know, like I said, I just saw Testament at Exodus um, in November. I'm going to see Ginger. Um, you know, I even you know, <laughs> I like like Cannibal Corpse and Amon Amarth and you know all of that stuff. I'm just a big metalhead. I like I cannib- have them forever. I like Cannibal Corpse, but only if Ace Ventura is singing. Yeah. For- <laughs> I'm more into uh, Taylor Swift. Um, oh God! <laughs> that's he's a, that's he's a good, got a blank space. Taylor, Taylor Swift's on my workout playlist. <laughs> I bet she is. I bet she is. Not really. My workout playlist is pretty gnarly. <laughs> yeah. But I listen to all kinds of stuff. I mean, I get yeah. into jazz, and you know, I really like a lot of the old Motown stuff. I'm a bass player, so I, you know, I kind of tend to. Follow that stuff that makes your butt wiggle, you know. And yep. I'll make your butt wiggle. I bet you will. <laughs> Slap it and ride the wave in. <laughs> oh, no, now man, we're getting uh, all dirty. No, it's a... Uh, now we're to the dirty portion of the show. No, I've been trying... Uh, I've been well, trying let to... let me tell you how I got cast. <laughs> <laughs> see, what had happened was... Right. <laughs> yeah. No, see, I, uh, uh, I, I was talking to uh, JT about this because... I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place because people love what we do because we make the people who come on our show very comfortable. We try to. Yeah. And, you know, we just have a conversation. It, it, that's all this is. And um, we don't restrict ourselves on anything. So sometimes yeah. our conversations get really fucking gnarly. Yeah. But I'm like, you know, when we start doing, we start doing <laughs> interviews with people, and like tonight, you know, we start doing interviews with people, and I'm like, I, I think we should really, you know, when we interview these actors and directors and stuff, maybe we should like try to be professional about it. No, no, and I'm like, I'm like, uh, no. Yeah, and I'm no. like, <laughs> it's uh, we tried, and it's just like, dude, um, people love us for a reason. Yeah, and that's I mean, it's, it's, speaking of just being independent, you know, same thing happened with music. You know, these big labels or these big production companies in Hollywood or whatever, they buy these things and because people like it. And then what they do, as soon as they get it, they change it. Right. Yep. And it's like, why would you change something when the reason why you bought love. it is because people love right. it? Right. You know? Well, and then you look at other aspects. Like, you know, you look at a band like Queen, you know, uh, music written by Brian May, Freddie Mercury, you know? And then you look at, like, Beyonce, music written by 30 different people. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, where's the talent? you know, really at there, you know, and I don't know. I'm no, going off on a weird kind of talent. Huh? Yeah, Beyonce has a lot of talent. Um, just look at her. Yeah, it's in here. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, that goes along with the record companies. I mean, that's what they're wanting, you know, and, and you guys run into that same crap with your distribution companies, you know. They, they see your product, they love it, but then they won't help you push it. Well, right. that's... That's that's sort of the good the good news about how how things have changed quite a bit, right? Like sort of the hands uh, the power is more in the hands of the people now than it ever has been before. Right. So as far as distribution goes with this film, we've learned a lot from 15, 20 years ago. You know, we're in a very different spot. So essentially, I'm very confident everyone we take it to is going to want it because it has all the elements. We already have people wanting the movie. Where do you have, yeah, that's very true. So essentially 
unless we are 100% happy with the deal offered, and I mean 100% happy, right. uh, we're not going to sign with anybody and we'll distribute the thing ourselves. Right. Now, I would prefer not to. I would prefer to partner up with an honest distributor who wants to help us further each other along and wants to help our career, wants to help them uh, – sell more movies. I, that's what I want. I want someone who wants, wants to partner with us right. who's going to help us all grow. But right. if we can't find that, then damn it, we're going to do it ourselves. Yeah. Hey, yeah, we got a legal done? team behind us now to make sure we don't sign anything stupid. There yeah. you go. <laughs> yeah. If you want Absolutely. something done right, you got to do it yourself sometimes. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, guys, we'll, we'll say our goodbyes once we hang up. But, yeah. uh, you know, it's been awesome having you on. And, again, if you guys have anything else, you, when you can talk more about everything and whatnot, you're more than yeah. welcome. To By all means, I mean you guys know how to get a hold of us. Well, we'd love to help you. But before, yeah. We, By all I, means, check we, check out our website if you and want the crowdfund. This is what I was gonna say. Yeah. If, before we yeah, go, if it's something, yeah, go on or you can see a kick-ass video of Red Knighted Skies and, and go on uh, 88 millimeter films and you know check check us out. We got a whole 20 years worth of work out there and uh, some of it's good. And <laughs> yeah. you know, I think this I think this one will come out in early two thousand twenty three. Yep. So that's what we're pushing for. And uh, you know, you guys are actually invited, you know, you guys can come to the premiere and that kind of stuff. So awesome. thanks thanks for having us on, man. It's kick ass. Oh, yeah. yeah. Thanks for hanging thanks out with good. us. You're yeah. welcome, and and hopefully uh once this is said and done and we get it out there, we can maybe get that big name actor on your uh, podcast. Yeah, that'd be you awesome. Be yeah, you'll, you'll be the first people we come back to. Awesome. Love that. Yeah, guys. All right. Um, before All right we... So let us. Yeah, we're gonna say our goodbyes, but don't hang up. We're, we'll be back with you here in just a second. All right. Okay. All right. Appreciate Thanks, it. Guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks. All right, horror fan. That was an awesome one. Go out there and show some support. Yeah, definitely. Um, Check them out. It's eighty eight mmfilmscom And uh, uh, you know they're doing what we love. You know they're making movies we want to see. So guys, go help them out so we can make it great and keep our genre going. So absolutely. Um, we love you, horror fam. Thank you for your support, as always. You know that. Um, but more importantly, as always, until next time, keep it creepy. creepy.